Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always, looking very happy, might I add, at the start of this episode, <laughs> is Tara. Greetings, citizens. You may be able to tell that it's daylight here. That's why I'm happy, because I am not a night person, but we always record at night. <laughs> That's not my choice. That's your schedule that dictates that. I'm, I'm, I would be more than happy to give you a daytime slot. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> but yes, uh, also this is a very sunny. Well, I say sunny like it's pleasant. It's more of a like a relenting, unrelenting heat wave of a movie. Uh, they always portray it as really sweaty and nasty, uh, mm, because just like reminiscence. But, <laughs> because yeah, why aren't why aren't they flipped in this one? Why why isn't because this, this is technically the near future. This was made in you know what nineteen ninety one no nineteen ninety. 1990. Right. And it's set but in the future of 1997. Yes, it's set eight. seven. It's set in the, the not too distant future of 1997, Los Angeles, where apparently the Jamaican and Colombian gangs have really taken a stranglehold of the city. Uh, we are here today <laughs> to talk about Predator 2. Not everything in this movie holds up. <laughs> We're here today to have a Predator 2. It's a science fiction movie podcast. We get together, we watch the movie, and we talk about it. It's quite that simple. And about a month and a half, two months ago, we did Predator. We did the original classic, and we are here to uh, continue the franchise with Predator 2. And, I mean, what, what can one say? We have Bill Paxton. We have Gary Busey. And mm-hmm. Have we had a Gary Busey movie on this show before? Is this a first? I think this is a first. Well, when it, from this day forth, you know, because yeah, we have the... Uh, the, the 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 cosmos hat award for the, the sentimental mm-hmm. object and we recently came up with the uh the replica award of like trying to force someone to be someone else i think we should also have the prometheus award of a film that should work but doesn't sure i thought you were going to say a prometheus award of don't touch that and they touched it anyway uh- <laughs> okay so how about a, the blade runner award sure there you go um i, I think from this day forth anytime as an actor who has, like, a lot of teeth. <laughs> they get the Busey Award. Okay. <laughs> Where they've got the big smile with just, just like, oh man, somehow there's more teeth than there is head. I don't know how that happened, but you pulled it off. So he... yeah, Gary and he's Busey. a great actor. He's so fun to watch. He's very fun to watch. Uh, I mean, great actor might be a weird stretch, but he's definitely, a, like, he's, he's got he's something. Character. Yeah, he's got something. And don't get me <laughs> I've got some Busey stuff for you. I, I, I did some research. Some Busey Busey? I did some research for this. Um, so, and obviously we have Danny Glover in the starring role of this one. Uh, and uh, a, a youngish Adam Baldwin. Uh, fresh off Full Metal Jacket, but long before Firefly and Serenity. Um, which, although he's, also, he's been on this show before because he was in Independence Day in a small role as well. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So, he's around. And uh, I don't know if there's any other notable names per se, but those are the ones that uh, that stick out. So uh, the guy who plays the predator is back. Kevin Peter Hall, same dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no reason why not. Um, yeah. So he didn't have a horrible young death yet. Wait, you bring down the mood of the show, Tara. <laughs> Jeez. He said, "Why not?" <laughs> Well, yeah, but that hadn't happened yet, so it's like, yeah, why not bring him back? Assuming he's available, 
why not bring <laughs> the same guy back who gave us the great stunt performance that was Predator in the first one? Like, right. So, yes, we'll get into it. Directed by Stephen Hopkins. Uh, before we go any further, I will say we'll start spoiler free just in case you do care about care about spoilers uh, for Predator Two. You've got the choice <laughs> of opting out uh, before we get to spoilers. Uh, so, Which, I mean, a lot of people probably haven't seen because they look at mm-hmm. the ratings for the film and think, I'll skip. They see 30% on Rotten Tomatoes and think, this is probably not worth watching. Or and, the 6.2 on IMDb. And we're going to be here today to tell you that that is nonsense and that you should watch Predator 2 because it's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's not a genuinely great, well-made film like you know, John McTiernan's Predator. I mean, it is coming after all from the director of Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, which, as anyone who knows me knows, is not my favourite of the Elm Street films. But, is Predator in a city? Is Predator in LA? Yeah, there's some really great action pieces in this yeah, film. Pre- Plus, you know, Denny Glover is basically just playing his lethal weapon character. He kind of is, in a lot of ways. <laughs> he, he's, I'd say he's kind of like a mix of him and uh, Mel Gibson's character, because he's a bit of a loose cannon. He's like, like Mel Gibson. Mur- Murtaugh combined yeah yeah he's about both <laughs> um so you, you got him i think predator's got a lo- cop who plays by his own rules Pre- my favorite kind of cop at 90s movie predator's got a lot more scenes to show off like different pieces of technology uh he's just in a very i mean obviously you say in the city so there's a lot of options there it's not just trees like before but there is a nice variety of locations in which the predator gets to strike and they're, they're, they're very fun to watch so that, that, I think that's the, the so it, it's a B movie. Don't get me wrong. Let me make that clear. It's a B movie with some silly stuff that you know you have to accept. But you've got a list. You've got a cast like this. You got fun predator action. You got a good setting. There's not a lot to dislike, really. I mean, I have no. a few nitpicks, but I have fun yeah. with this movie. I mean, the villains that aren't the predator are kind of like yeah, problematic. <laughs> but you have that like '90s. Uh, like future dystopian where it just it, it's like the, a problem of overpopulation and like crime moving into the city so everybody's like got guns like it's a it's a fun throwback what we're afraid of in the near future and they never which s- didn't really end up happening they never <laughs> they never say it but it, you almost get the feeling that climate change is also yes ramping up because it's it, they're all complaining that it's like this ridiculous heat wave and maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's just a normal heat wave by like 90 standards but it, they, they don't play it that way they, they play it as if they're all just drenched in sweat all the time and yeah this yeah. is miserable like we we predicted in 1997 like it it's going to be it's will soon be unlivable in in california yeah or at least in in los angeles it'll be too hot so yeah, a lot of fun things to deal with. There's some other minor, you know, characters to point out and stuff. I, w- I want to start this this review off on a high note though. Before we start digging into why it's good or you know what our feelings and various elements are, I want to start off on a high note. I I, I actually I remembered a great interview that Gary Busey gave when he was promoting the film back in 1990, and I sought it out and I transcribed the like the one minute or so segment of what he says. Is it legible at all? <laughs> well, I'm going to read it to you, and you can tell me how legible you think this is. So this is him basically explaining what the film's about, uh, start, starting from the context that he's he's been interviewed on set, and he's wearing the sort of the silver like you know jumpsuit that he has at a certain point in the film, right? It's a great scene. So here's what he said. I guess you're wondering why we're doing uh, the this in barbecue outfits. Well, it's easy. 
We're going after an otherworldly life force from another galaxy that has a self-defense mechanism that we don't understand. I mean, you do understand it in the film, that's why you're wearing those suits, but that's fine. <laughs> fine. It's intangible. Uh, yeah, this is, this is the final line of this first paragraph. It's intangible to this time and space. All right, Gary. Yes. Uh, there's a scene towards the start of this film where some the, the Colombian gangs are just like throwing like like handfuls of cocaine at their face, and I, I feel like Gary Busey might have been <laughs> doing some of that between. Might have been downwind. <laughs> All right. Here's the rest of what he says. It's actually from the theory of relativity. <laughs> it's actually from the theory of relativity and the theory of quantum mechanics. Take those properties and equalize them, and you have the quantum theory of gravity. Which is the, that's just him doing PR for Predator 2. You know, maybe he's just like a higher being. Maybe like we are the cavemen, and he is the one from the future trying to explain the TV and how it works. All right, all right, all right. Let me all right. It's from the theory of relativity and the theory of quantum mechanics. Take those properties and equalize them. And you have the quantum theory of gravity, which is the discussion of how this universe started and how it will end. The Predator knows that information already. <laughs> it is our job to go and capture the Predator, set him down, and have a talk with him. <laughs> have a talk with him. <laughs> you listen here, Predator. We want all your secrets, and we want them now. <laughs> oh, God, right. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, they, they Enjoy myself. this blend of, of Chex Mix. <laughs> it is our job to go and capture the Predator, set him down, and have a talk with him. Find out why Still he does great. what he does, how he does it, and where he gets the weaponry and defense mechanisms he uses in order to obtain his goal. Hmm. And that is our goal. If we don't achieve this goal... Will be turned into vapor clouds made of small pink particles known on Earth as blood. Nice. End segment. <laughs> Classic Busey. There's so much nonsense in this. I mean, I wonder if he ever thinks, like, why do I have a weird reputation in Hollywood? <laughs> Julie's funny because I, you know, I've seen some Gar Bu Gary Busey pet judge, right? And it's a who. It's hilarious mm -hmm. because he's just a completely psychotic man who maybe doesn't realize it's all pretend, and he's actually telling these stories and actually giving out like sentencing in this small court, right? And it's worth watching for his rambles. But part of, part of me thought, oh, it's because he's old. He's you know he's kind of gone. He's a bit loopy now. But this is Gary Busey in 1990, like, in the prime of his career, like, between all of his big films. You know, he'd just done Lethal Weapon, he's about mm -hmm. to do Under Siege, you know, this is right in the middle of his, like, prime years, and he sounds just as psychotic yeah. as he does now. <laughs> this was the warning sign. This is, this is madness. It's absolute madness. So, I, I, it was such a good clip that I had to, I had to verbatim read it out. Thank you for sharing. Just to get us on the right foot in here. All right. So uh, the writers of the first film did come back. Uh, Jim and John Thomas. They came back and, and wrote this one. And we have the urban jungle. We have a predator who, much like the first one, is here hunting and wants 
worldly adversaries. And I'd even say that this one goes a bit deeper in that, in that it feels like he's seeking out who might be the most worldly to actually take them on. Right from the get-go, it's, it kind of feels... He's got a lot more to choose from. That's true. Yeah, than in the jungle. Uh, and it also means there's a lot more casualty potential in that, you know, like, if you remember the end of the first film, the, the, his bomb goes off, the Predator's bomb goes off, like, all of a sudden, if, if, if that same bomb goes off in the city, he's going to kill hundreds, if it's not devastating. thousands yeah. of people, so... Um, admittedly, I think Gary Busey in the film says it was uh, 300 square blocks, and I'm like, hold on, there's no way Arnold ran that far <laughs> when he survived that in the first movie, so that's, don't give me it. 300 square... I'll, I'll, I'll buy a couple of blocks, right? It's, I'll take out a couple <laughs> of blocks. <laughs> he was protected by the water. Okay, alright. <laughs> Just a little inconsistency there in, in what we saw, but uh, that's uh, that's fine. Um, yeah, uh, so... There's a couple of other faces in this that stood out to me. Uh, not the police captain, but there's like a someone that outranks him who kind of mm-hmm. yells at Danny Glover a few times. He's actually one of the asshole FBI agents in Die Hard. Is it Downey Jr.? Not Robert, but the other Downey Jr.? No, no, no. That's the that's the hard copy newscaster guy. Oh, okay. I like him. <laughs> in general uh, got... or in this movie? <laughs> I like him in this movie. Okay. <laughs> he stood out to me. Yeah, he's, 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 he kind of feels like he walked off the set of Robocop. And he's doing like yeah, the, a little bit, the, yeah. the, the, the the cheesy <laughs> fake news program and and, and mm-hmm. universe. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it feels like. Um, like that, Daddy Glover's like lost people he loves, and he runs up to Daddy Glover and he's like, "More murder and mayhem and chaos <laughs> and savagery." This is what the people want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because like at times it's, it's presenting almost a Robocop esque. Like this is what Ellie is going to be like in 1997. But then there's other mm-hmm. scenes where it's like, ah, oh, it just looks like a normal graveyard. Or it looks like a normal, like anything. Like there's definitely times where it just feels like a normal say and normal yeah. you know, present day stuff. But, um. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so our main characters, we have Danny Glover, who is the, the leader of his squad. He's the loose cannon, smart, has tactics. Plays by his own rules. Plays by his own rules. He has his confidant, his best friend, uh, Danny, who's like his second in command. And then we have uh, Leona, who's <laughs> like sort of the badass Hispanic woman who grabs nuts, like literally yeah. grabs nuts at times. And is not sexualized and is not romanticized. She's awesome. Yeah, and, and no way, no. Um, and then Bill Paxton's kind of the new guy, because we don't ever meet who he's replacing, but they say that he's replacing someone. Someone got killed, and mm-hmm. Bill Paxton's the new sort of... And it, like, Joe's so great about Bill Paxton, in, in general, but in this specifically, I mean, right? <laughs> let me count the ways. Is that this character is a nothing character that should be forgettable, and the only reason why he's not is because Bill Paxton put so much energy into him. <laughs> he's so good at playing a likable scumbag. He's like somewhere between like Higgins and his character in True Lies in this. Like he's pretty scummy. But he's he's still like you know, he he's still a good cop and he's still a good partner and teammate and he's but he's always like whatever it takes to get women also scummy yeah. like like his character in true lies our opening yeah our introduction to him is that he's trying to impress another like a female cop who's sitting at her desk by telling her the perfect way to swing a golf club it seemed to be mm-hmm. yeah, he's a golfer 
but he, he, he felt like she should be impressed by what he was it's like but you're still just like swinging your hands in thin air you, you, there's no clubbing your hand there's no ball like you're not doing anything to to show that you're good at this you just yeah but he's selling it <laughs> he is he's definitely selling it <laughs> uh but he's so likable because he's bill paxton and he he, mm-hmm. he gives it this energy and this like charm it's his catchphrase and this is um basically he'll take whatever he's asked to do and then say that's his speciality uh mm-hmm. whether it be surveillance uh press luck. uh yeah luck um honestly if i my biggest complaint about the movie and there's probably a lot of legitimate like movie complaints you could lobby at it for a number of reasons but the, the one complaint i really have is that i wish that we got more of the character like the team of characters working together and maybe succeeding a little bit before they start getting picked off and before we sort of start going down towards the the big climax stuff it does kind of feel like we don't get a lot of them together uh that's true we get more of like uh danny glover showing up to a scene mm-hmm. and the the scene ending because he's there yeah so i i could have done with a bit more of them but you know that's you know that's what it is i it, it's it's one of those things where but to its credit the reason why i feel that way is because i like them all enough that i want to see more mm-hmm. of them and it's also like a pretty diverse cast too which is nice to see in a 90s movie yeah for sure yeah um I mean, we've got, like, Danny Glover, obviously, and then his partner, Danny, is, like, Hispanic or something. And then so is the, the woman in this as well. It's just nice to see. Yeah. Um, but, although, to be fair, like, the first one was kind of, was pretty diverse also. Yeah. Uh, so, interesting cast of characters. You have not quite the will and jutani thing for me it's not because I, I like gary Busey's team is kind of like like high up like super covert military science who know about the predator i don't think that's a spoiler to say they, they clearly are tracking the predator they're there because they're they're hunting it down and they know that there's, there's they at least suspect that there's a there's a predator in the city and they want to sort of capture it so they can you know use its technology learn from it things like that it's not quite the same as like the you know, the, the shitty business person in the alien movies who's trying to like because at least in this case there is technology still there is like stuff to learn from it um and the predator because he just wants to sit him down and talk to him and, sit, 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 said, right? and learn quantum mechanics Have a conversation quantum mechanics defense mechanisms theory of relativity right <laughs> The Predator has this information already. We have to get it from him. I like that that's his motivation. That's what runs through his head when he's filming the scene. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, no, characters are interesting. Like I say, locations are really varied and fun. Uh, we get Predator in a subway. We get Predator in like a sort of penthouse. We get... Rooftop mm-hmm. stuff, obviously, we get Predator in the sun daytime, we get him in the, the rain at night. We, you know, we get, like, a variety of different locales. We get and... tall building Predator. Yep, yep, we get him on skyscrapers <laughs> and all, all yeah. sorts of things. It's, like, I think if you want to lobby complaints at this for not being, like, as well-constructed or as thought out, or the characters not being well, you know, given the arcs or being as well-constructed as they were in the first film... I think those are all fair points, but I think the when it comes to a B movie like this, which is effectively what this is, this movie never sags. It's always moving mm-hmm. forward. It constantly gives you interesting set pieces. 
It's got likable characters that are engaging and entertaining. Like, there's so many worse movies from, like, the modern era that get mm-hmm. a pass for being dumb fun that I think this is way better than. That has does a better and job it looks of good being too. engaging. It, oh, it does, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it looks good. It doesn't look cheap. Like, there's lots of explosions. People, there's some great gore in it. Um, I think it's it's shot really well. It's directed well. Um, all the set pieces that you mentioned are like really memorable when you watch it. Um, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I was really excited for the subway scene because I remember that being great, you know, and mm-hmm. not a lot of the movie felt new to me when watching it, which is a sign of something pretty great. Yeah, it's honestly, from the director of Nightmare on Elm Street 5, I am surprised that it's as solidly directed as... Now, don't worry, Maybe he's just more of an action director. No, but it is a step down, though. It is definitely a step down from Predator. Like, t- t- uh, John McTiernan's oh, yeah. direction of the first film is impeccable. It's actually... Like, part of the reason why that film is so well-regarded, or should be so well-regarded, is because of how meticulously directed it is. This film, yeah. I would say... And it's, it's definitely harder to shoot in a jungle setting than it is a city. Sure, but this film, I would say... It's not necessarily amazingly directed, but it's very competently directed, given what it's mm-hmm. doing, right? It's just, you've got so many other elements that are ensuring that it's never... Like, the effects are fun, the Predator still looks great, all of the new tech the Predator gets, like all these new tools that we get to see him have that expands kind of the Predator yeah, lore. Yeah, there's... They're, they're, they, I think it does an excellent job of expanding that lore while sticking to the rules of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing feels like a cheat. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. Uh, I. I. I think it's a really fun sequel, and it, I, I hate to say that you know people are maybe just a bit snobby when it comes to Predator Two, but I think Predator <laughs> Two is a really fun B movie sequel. And, totally, I agree. And yeah, I get. I get that Predator like goes above and beyond its concept because it is so well made, and maybe there's a desire to have that but much like jurassic park where i, I kind of say the same thing about that where jurassic park is a special film but ultimately you're never going to be able to do that again and again the, the, the best thing i wanted out of jurassic park after the first one was really just some fun b movies with dinosaurs and that's why i think three is a fun movie it's why i get a decent time out of jurassic world it's like i'm not expecting <laughs> cinematic excellence i'm expecting a fun time with dinosaur action right that's totally. all i really want yeah. um and it's why lost world falls flat on its face for me because it's, it's still trying to be the Spielberg movie, because it is a Spielberg movie, but mm-hmm. it's like, you can't really recapture this. You can't do it again. Like, it's only <laughs> special the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm not saying it's impossible to do another, like, high-class Predator film. I think it's Obvious. possible, but, you know, Yeah, I, I think so, too. We haven't, we haven't had one yet. I mean, there have been several attempts to reboot it, or, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say reboot it, but, like, give it a facelift. Because <laughs> yes. I think they're all still canonical. There's one, there's one in development uh, with Dan Trachtenberg, I believe, uh, which is intriguing. So is Shane mm-hmm. Black, admittedly, but... Right, and, you know, that was disappointing. We'll get to that, though. We'll, we'll get to uh, Predators and the yeah. Predator uh, soon. But, yeah, so... Prepare 2, I think, is the best sequel. I, I, I think it's uh, a lot of fun. And depending on my mood, I might rather watch this than the first one. Oh, yeah. Like, I enjoy you know, 80s trash films. And even though this is 1990, it feels kind of like a like the end of the 80s mm-hmm. action era. We get like gratuitous boobs at one point. Um, and if I remember <laughs> correctly from the commentary, I think that's a porn star who's in that scene. 
Oh, really? Which I guess makes sense because it's full frontal nudity. So I guess, you know, who's going to feel comfortable? Yeah, I think you get some bush in it too, yeah, actually. It's, yeah, it's, it's full frontal. I, trust me. I mean, it, it, as a kid, as, as a kid, that was a memorable scene because not a lot <laughs> of movies I was watching at like 10 had full bush in it. <laughs> right. So it stuck out a little bit. I also, I, I'll appreciate, I appreciate that this movie was rated R. <laughs> I don't know why I would expect it not to be, but you never know. You know, a successful film, want to make a sequel, but more have more people be able to go I see it I in don't the think that attitude changed until a bit. Because I think Predators might be PG-13. It I'll, might be. I want to say that's PG-13. Uh, and then things changed because... Uh, what was success- There was an R-rated movie that was really successful and, and everyone went, oh, I guess we can just have R-rated movies be successful now. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I mean, Deadpool was a big one in recent years, I'd say. There may have been that. I don't know. But it, there was definitely something in the last like five years that kind of swayed the argument a little bit and said, no, we can have okay. R-rated movies. It was probably Deadpool then, because Deadpool was like a huge success for an R-rated film. But this, this didn't matter at the time, though, because this was before that, that even that sentiment of we have to get dumb everything down to PG-13 was a thing. This was, this was when they just made toys for yeah. Robocop, even though Robocop was as hard R as you could possibly get. Yeah. So who cares? Just go with it. <laughs> So uh, bless the eighties. In many ways, yes, I, <laughs> I I concur with that. So, what was the point? I don't. You threw me off topic there. Hmm. Just saying things I liked about it. So Whoa. perhaps it's time to go into the scene. Yeah, but what what did, what did we get? Where were we before the day? What were we talking about before the day? I feel like there was something I wanted to say. <laughs> I mean, I I was bringing up that it still felt like an eighties movie. Uh, maybe it was the maybe it was the gore. Maybe we were talking about the the level of R ratedness of it. Mm. Um, there's lots of gore, lots of dead bodies hanging. There's dead, dead bodies hanging. There's blood. There's gore. There's the skulls and all sorts. Squibs. It also, I, I think the effects tend to look quite good. Um, I do occasionally notice the 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 sort of the map box effect, uh, uh, you know, around the, the camouflage predator. Um, because mm-hmm. this is the first time I've watched it in 4K, and it, it actually looks really good uh, in 4K. Um, it's one of these things where because it's Predator 2, it gets a lot of love because it's connected to Predator, whereas otherwise this movie would never get the special like mm-hmm. remaster treatment. But it does, and that's great because you get to see, you know, this and its practical effects, which is and it's a lot of its practical effects in all its glory. Yeah. So it's interesting. I I did hear that. Um, originally they wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to return for the sequel, mm-hmm. but he couldn't do it because he was making, you know, another sequel. And, and, I, I think he made the right choice, all things considered. Honestly, I think it would have felt pretty forced if you had um, Dutch versus Predator again. I like the, I like that it's somebody new, and I like that it's a, that it's a cop. It's a, it's like a, a cop or detective type that's like really good at his job, that is able to go toe-to-toe with a predator, not just somebody who's like brawn for brawn. Even I mean, though that doesn't, I mean, in the end of Predator, that didn't really matter that it, he was the strongest. It just meant it mattered that he was able to outsmart him. Yeah, no, I, I think I kind of, I don't necessarily disagree, but I, I don't think the like, if Predator two starred Arnold and the premise was kind of the same thing where it just by happenstance the Predator showed up where Arnold was. Yeah, I'd agree that it'd feel really forced. But I don't think that's what the premise would be. I feel like the premise would probably be 
there's a predator on Earth, the, the government will become aware, and they bring in Arnold because he's got experience. And that would be the... Mm. You know, it'd be like aliens. Like, you, you take Ripley to LV-246 because... Or maybe it would be like, uh, you know, like the, another predator heard of this great warrior that defeated one of them. And seeks them out, yeah. Like, but I think both of those, I don't think, would feel forced. I think both of those would be good reasons to have Arnold be the center figure again. But that's not the hand that we're dealt. And I think what we got instead, for all the reasons you just said, is quite interesting. Like, that it is someone who is the best of what they are in an urban setting, which is this, mm-hmm. you know, this cop who actually smart and out- outthinks the bad guys and solves crimes and has kind of a, you know, he refers to the, uh, his like district as the war zone, because like, it's like a really bad area of the city. And he kind of like views it that way. So there's a lot of nice comparisons to, you know, to draw between his squad and the squad in the first film, but it's a very different set of characters and, uh, you know, and it, it does follow the first film a little bit in beats and places, you know, like there's a character death at one point where it even plays the same music. You know, when, when Bill Duke's like, you know, burying uh, Jesse the body in the first one and he's like, mm-hmm. the, the sad music's playing. Uh, yeah. It's the same track that plays when there's a sort of similar moment in this. And yeah, it does a little bit of that sequely thing where it's kind of following the structure. But the funny thing is, is because it's set in a city and it's it's like a, it's a group of cops and there's kind of like a murder mystery element where they're trying to figure out who's killing people. It's like, mm-hmm. it still feels so different <laughs> just because of the setting change. It does. But I really enjoyed hearing the Alan Silvestri score again over and over. <laughs> yeah, I, felt, I felt that really worked in this film as well. It did. I, but they didn't really come up with a lot of new music for Maybe, it. maybe this is dull to some people, but I, I would totally be down for just Predator. I mean, not Predator 3 now, it'd be Predator 5, but like, just put it in a different location again. Like, get give me, yeah. give me Predator, like, I don't know. Uh, mix it with Die Hard. Give me Predator on a boat, like on a ship. There's a Predator <laughs> on the ship, <laughs> or you know, or or even do Predator. Well, I really like the subway, so like maybe some kind of um, train. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or, or even Predator on like a on like a space station if you wanted to like do like a almost like an alien style setting. I mean, of all the the movies to take to space, like. For a sequel, that makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, technically, Predators is in space, but it doesn't feel I guess, like well, it. It's, isn't it on like an alien planet? Yeah, but that's in space. Like it's, yeah. it's off Earth. Is one is the point? Okay, it's off world. Yeah. But it, but it only feels different to a point because it's still a jungle. Mm-hmm. So it's still, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. That's a spoilers. Let's talk about uh, everything that goes down in Z movie. Uh, so. Predator 2 starts off wonderfully. I, you know, I, I've talked about Predator 2 before, uh, so I don't know how much this is going to be a re- repetition of what I've said, but uh, I do love the tease at the start where they, they show a jungle and you hear the, you know, the Predator music starting to play and then the camera Maybe just goes up. palm trees. Yeah. And then... <laughs> yeah, it's like city. So it's very familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love how it starts. I, I love everything about the ridiculous, like, it's not a gang battle, because it's, it's one gang versus the police, it's not two gangs. So even though we do hear that the, the, the Colombians and the, the Jamaicans are at odds with each other, it's just the Colombians fighting the police. But it, they've got firepower, they've got, like, bazookas, and <laughs> they've got artillery and all sorts. And the whole point of this is to, A, give Danny Glover this ridiculously great entrance, where he comes in and then he has this smart plan where they put up bulletproof vests up against the window and he, he's basically making a blockade. But he does this thing where he's driving the car while he's hanging out of it, looking. And I'm sure it's a stuntman from behind, but from the front it is him. You can clearly see he's hanging mm-hmm. out of this car. Uh, it's probably not going that fast, but it's still impressive. It's still like... No, there's some really great stunt work in this. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think that 
I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but I definitely think this director is pretty good at shooting action. I feel, uh, yeah, I mean, and obviously, before someone tells me, I know that Diag Lover's not controlling the car in that, so obviously there's a little stuntman, like, you know, ducked down beneath the dashboard, like, controlling the car. But, sure. you know, that's how they do it. But it's still impressive. It still looks good. Yeah. Uh, but he outsmarts them, and I, I love that, obviously, in the first film, it it's like 25 minutes, 30 minutes before you see the, the Predator vision. But in this one, it's like right at the start. Like, you know, the yeah. pre- the pre- watching. he's watching this battle, but he pays attention to Danny Glover because he, you know, he comes in and he pulls this little trick and like gets behind him and takes them out. I do, I do think it's a bit weird that uh, Danny Glover's character, what's his name? Uh, Mike. When Mike yells, hey, you assholes, before he shoots them with a shotgun, I'm like, wouldn't you have a better chance of getting them all before they shoot you if you don't that's, announce yeah, your presence. Yeah, that's such a movie thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, you sound cool. Don't get me wrong. You do sound cool. <laughs> he does. He's super cool. <laughs> but... I, I love every time Danny Glover yells at somebody also. Like, I would be terrified <laughs> if Danny Glover was yelling at me like that. <laughs> uh, and right away, they're told not to go in the building for, you know, like diplomatic reasons like ah, oh, yeah, the feds yeah. are coming they don't want you to go in and then I was like F that I'm going in um, and speaking of faces uh, the sort of head of the SWAT team who's in this first scene is mm-hmm. the captain from the Lethal Weapon movies I think yeah um, there's a lot of Lethal Weapon crossovers yeah yeah <laughs> well it's probably because Joel Silver produced Lethal Weapon and he's also produced the Predator movies so th- that's the connection I guess but yeah, yeah. I suppose in a way there is still a Shane Black connection <laughs> through process of elimination. Well, yeah, Shane Black's involved in Lethal Weapon and Predator. He's not involved in this particular <laughs> no, movie, but yeah, yeah. Sh- Sh- Shane Black has you know a lot to uh... like. This movie has a lot of Shane Black to thank. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so while Daddy Glover and everyone's like sort of he's like rebelling and like going in with his team, and the SWAT guys like. Oh, just go in with them. Hell with orders. Protect them. You know, like, give them backup. You're a cop who makes your own rules. Well, this goes on. We cut to the the Colombians who have an actual armory, right? They have got, like, just racks of guns, explosive, grade launchers, and they're just, like, and they've got, they're putting vests on, they're getting ready for a fight. Like, they, they, these guys aren't going to jail. They, they, they want to go out swinging. And... And I think it's fair to point out as well is that before Danny Glover comes out and then helps, like, there are police being, like, killed left and right. Like, they, 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 this is, like, a dangerous situation. They're being presented mm-hmm. as really lethal and chaotic and, like, this is the world we're in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's the out to about this scene? Before, obviously, the Predator shows up and, you know, kills them, um, which we don't get to see too much of, you know, it kind of cuts away and we, we get the aftermath. We, we get the one last guy, like, coming out the door shooting and, like, like what, what happened to all these guys? But like like I mentioned earlier, it's just like the main guy with long hair just throwing like cocaine at his face. Like he doesn't even <laughs> snort it, he just sort of goes like this. Yeah. It's just like a like a, a flower bomb to the face. Yeah. Which is probably what it is, like in terms of the the, the set, you know, like that's it's probably just like talcum powder or I think, they, I think they use some kind of for cocaine they use some sort of like a whey whey powder or something. Mm-hmm. I think it's like lactose that they use. Sure. Yeah. So like dried milk. Um, because um, it doesn't like hurt your brain if you snort it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, I I think we I think we might have missed that the predator does technically show up at the end of this fight. He's on the top of the roof with uh with one of the Colombians, and Danny Glover on the roof, 
um and the colombian oh, yeah, I, sees I just, the silhouette of the predator yeah i hadn't gotten to the shit <laughs> i hadn't skipped it. oh i thought i thought they could <laughs> i thought this happened i thought the body thing happened after um or before this anyway go ahead yeah so so you see, <laughs> see him like sort of coming out the door and shooting right uh yeah um and nearly obviously the danny glover and everyone's like ah brace yourselves but he runs up to the roof and he sort of <laughs> like he's and Danny Glover has a stand up and Danny Glover's gun is this he's got like a big laser sight thing on his handgun. It's like ridiculous. Um Yeah, it's like straight from Robocop also. Right. Uh but he's he's having a standoff, but the Colombian's not looking at him. The Colombian's seeing, you know, Predator in camouflage. Yeah. And it's he freaks out and he goes to shoot him with his Uzis, and Danny Glover obviously just sees him raising his hands with a gun, so he he takes some shots and do you think he recognizes the predator? Because I sort of got that from the scene. Because maybe because he's from Central America, they they have this legend of the predator being there in like hot, hot setting. Because immediately he just, just sees him, and it seems to be some sort of recognition, and then starts shooting instead of and ignoring the other man with the gun. I like that you're trying to add more to this. I took it as he recognizes him from the room where he slaughtered everyone about a minute ago. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I was thinking it would be kind of it's kind of clever that you know the Colombians have this legend this boogeyman sure. legend to, to be fair <laughs> I had forgotten that that was a boogeyman story that uh the woman told Anna told in the first film so maybe maybe yeah. there is something there maybe there is kind of like some recognition to this but uh, yeah I, I took it as oh no this is the thing that you know he basically a ghost just wiped out his entire crew like there were nothing and then he sees the shimmer and mm-hmm. he freaks out because of it but maybe you're right something i don't know that's a fun read but this movie is much more deep than we thought <laughs> i don't know if we go that far but Danny glover unleashes his clip into him and he falls fun stunt uh, from falling off the building what i really like is that you know they're on a real roof in a minute because when danny glover goes up to look down when the camera maybe later when the other partners they're talking to him but you can actually see people like walking around down on like a car park, like across the road. It's, it's like, oh, they're actually on a roof right now. Like mm-hmm. maybe not for the shots looking up at them from the edge of the roof. I'm sure that might be a cheat where they're just on like a little soundstage or, you know, so just just in case, you know, someone actually falls. It's only a foot instead mm-hmm. of, you know, a building. But can I just say how much I love this moment where Danny Glover hears something. He turns around, goes down in one knee, names his gun and catches a glimpse of the Predator, and the camouflage, right? Obviously, this is all in the camouflage mode, is that I love everything about this scene, how it's shot, how it looks. I love that because of the heat wave and, like, how sweaty he is, and the fact that his eyes are all sweaty and he's, like, wiping sweat out of his eyes, that there's just enough reasonable doubt where this could yeah. just be the heat messing with him. And it's just, he's yeah, not sure. Yeah, I mean, if you've been in a really hot place, especially with, like, a lot of concrete or asphalt, like, you'll see heat like literally heat yeah. waves like just come off the ground and it looks like a predator shimmer i mean it doesn't look like a silhouette but it's enough yeah it's enough reasonable doubt for to be like well i'm not going to shoot at it because i'm not going to waste any bullets on air but it, it's also enough for him to be like something's a bit off yeah i'll remember that but it looks good so then he's his partner uh shows up you know his uh his closest friend whose name i am not remembering danny that's the one danny so Danny shows up and he's like, "Hey, you need to come see all this. Like that, that entire room's wiped out, and they, they, there's, there's, you know, one of the bodies is hanging from up in the ceiling. But this is like a tall ceiling. This is not like a normal size room. Yeah, it's room. like thirty-five feet or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you can 
lift him up there like that. Like, there's no rope, no ladder. What's going on? This is weird. Like, who did this? And it's like, well, they're rivals with the Jamaican gang, but, like, this, there's no evidence, there's no trace of anyone else, like, coming in here and leaving. What is this? So, it's like, okay, mystery. Mm-hmm. And, we, and then that's when he comes back out, so he gets grilled by someone, and then Gary Busey makes his grand entrance into the film via helicopter. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> helicopter that the Predator noticed, because we see it in heat, heat vision first. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think there's an interesting flip here that happens from the first film, where obviously the helicopter was a big deal. I mean, you know, get to the chopper! Like, <laughs> but you obviously had their entrance in the helicopters and they left in the helicopter at the end of the film. I think what stuck out to me about this is that when the helicopter shows up at the end of the film, when after in the aftermath, and it's like Baldwin, who's like the only one who's left from the entire squad because the, the rest of them are all dead at that point, mm-hmm. is that the, the helicopter this time isn't the, the rescue, isn't the safety. It's like a, a cynical thing where this is actually not an ally showing up. Uh, right. I, thought, I thought it was an interesting swerve just compared to the first film where it's like, this wasn't help coming to get you. You, you already won your, on your own. Like, you saved yourself. And uh, I don't know. Just yeah, you know, I was I was curious a little bit about why people were so negative on the film. So I sort of glanced at the IMDb reviews mm-hmm. and a lot of it were, people were just like, it's just a bad version of the first movie. Like, everything's being repeated. But it, there's just so much different about this film like i really don't think like maybe some um like maybe some things are a bit repetitive but for the most part like it just builds on the the first film and it's a completely different setting all the characters we're dealing with are are totally different and like this movie is so clever i think for being a sequel (laughs) There's some clever elements to it. Yeah. Especially, I kind of love that even from that first scene, if you're paying attention, you kind of get that Predator's impressed. Like, he he sees Danny Glover do his thing, and he's like, he's impressed by his intelligence. He's impressed by his tactics. Yeah, I I love that we don't have to wait for the Predator also. Like, we know who he is because we've all seen the first movie, and Mm -hmm. he's there right away in this one. Yeah, I mean, they still, you know, tease out, like, when you see him without the camouflage. You know, they wait like, at least, like, 30, 40 minutes before you see him without the camouflage. And then, mm-hmm. you know, again, you don't get the mask off until... They still pace out kind of the... the but yeah, but we have him right away, yeah. We have the heat vision, we have the, you know, the, the evidence of the Predator existing. Um, and it kind of makes sense that his first targets who, you know, the, the, the well-armed targets... But aren't the, the I guess the more intelligent ones would probably be the gangs, right? It makes sense that that's maybe who we target first, because mm-hmm. uh, they have the firepower, but they don't necessarily have the the tactics. That Plus, the... people don't really question if a gang member is dead. Yeah, yeah. It, not, not that I think the predator necessarily cares about going under the radar necessarily, in that sense. But it, but it, yeah, it, it, it stands to reason why no one's like other than Danny Glover and a few key people who are like, this is weird. Like something's going on. It's different because um, mm-hmm. then we go to the police station and this is when we get introduced to Bill Paxton and we kind of discuss most of the key things from this for the most part it's basically just Diego being told to stay out of Gary Busey's way and be nice yeah. about it which he's told <laughs> while he puts his feet up on the captain's desk which I thought was a nice touch <laughs> it's a bold move yeah. Yeah. we know who really is in charge here and if I'm going to nitpick something else, I will say that I feel like Bill Paxton's introduction where Danny Glover gives him this big speech about how you requested this transfer and no one requests to come here unless they're trying to like get a reputation and 
There's no room for showboating. We're a team. I almost felt like it was setting up an arc where Bill Paxton really earns his trust before he, you know, eventually dies. And I don't know if he quite really, like, we, we have that story. No, but they do attempt it, I think. Because he does have that, that line, like, later on where it's him, um, the, the, the woman cop and, uh, and Glover together. And he's like, door opens both ways or something, right? Like, trying to be like, look, we're here to help you. <laughs> So there's, I think there's a little bit of an arc with them that they're trying. Maybe yeah. it just doesn't hit as emotional because we don't really get, like you said, we don't really get them as a team very much. Yeah. Being successful anyway. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's quite enough of it to make me feel like it really pays off what it sets up. But, mm-hmm. so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll critique the, you know, the script, you know. And if it is the script, it's a problem. Maybe it's just more cut scenes that could be the problem. Uh, I know there are some deleted scenes in the extras. Uh, I don't remember what's in them, though. <laughs> I don't have this one on Blu-ray. I don't know. I have to go. Um, yeah. I actually have it on Blu-ray and I have it on uh, iTunes. Which does have the well, extras, you had to get so. the 4K. Well, obviously. I'm not watching Predator 2 and 1080p like some chump in the year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> I only have 1080. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being... I'm being facetious. Okay. <laughs> um, nah. I mean, honestly, Predator 2 looks good in Blu-ray as well. Like, that's one of the ones that stuck out. Is like, like because Predator 1 got barked on Blu-ray, Predator 2 always looked better on Blu-ray than Predator 1 did. Um, so, that looks good. So, th- then we cut to the other gang, right? Which is actually the Jamaicans attacking uh, this one of the leaders of the Colombian gang. Maybe the leader, maybe the, the head honcho. Who, and this is where it cuts to like, the, the really... I mean, it's, it's not that. It, it 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 starts off feeling quite like what do I say? Erotic. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but it, I mean, it is kind of erotic, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's passionate. <laughs> I'll say it's passionate. Um, is this not the boob scene with the porn star? It is yeah. Yeah. What's well, I mean, it kind of implies that she's being tortured, like we hear <laughs> screaming and stuff. It just, you know, it cuts to this penthouse. Uh, it it cuts in like a couple of times until it gets to the window. Where you can see they're having sex, and then burst in the Jamaicans. Who, you know, we cut ahead to him hanging upside down, and they're going to do a, a voodoo ritual on him. Not because they believe in any of this. They make it very clear that this is just like a. This is just to scare the shit out of people. It's like, so everyone's going to be scared of them because they do this. They're kind of mocking What's their it. gang called? They're, they're called like the Voodoo... Something Voodoo Gang? Oh, I can't <laughs> it's remember. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty awful, actually. I can't remember, but... Uh, but they, they, they kind of crack a joke about it. Like They sort of laugh when they say it's Voodoo Magic. I always remember them saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after they kill... Because they do kill this guy. Then the Predator shows up and the Predator wipes them out. But unlike the first scene, because we're, you know, we're progressing through the film, so we should see more and more as the film goes. So naturally we see more of the actual killing this time. And we get the first glimpse of Predator's cool net that he springs on someone. Mm-hmm. Cuts people. Cuts into their face. That's fun. We get to see his big spear impales someone. Uh, and they're all obviously firing around the room trying to kill whoever is doing this to them. And they're not doing a very good job. But he he kills them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's completely brutal. And once again... You know, hard copy guys outside talking about there's been murders. Cops show up. And again, Danny Glover and his team aren't supposed to go in, but they do. <laughs> so they go in and they can't, they notice that there's like a spear tip 
or something like a spear tip like in the wall like really high up and they're like what's that uh but before they can actually investigate anything they find the girl who was left alone unharmed predator didn't kill her because she's unarmed presumably uh we know the predator's logic at this point but before they can really investigate things too much um gary Busey and his men show up and like tell him to piss off and they're like you're Walking on physical evidence, I think was the, the line he <laughs> that used. That we told you to stay out of this. Stay out of my nosey's business. <laughs> no, keep your nose out of my business. <laughs> I like the way you phrased it. <laughs> <laughs> Why does your nose have business? I mean, he does have a, a fairly big nose. As people <laughs> just don't notice it or talk about it because his mouth overshadows it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a man of many distinct features. Shall we say? Yeah. Spiky hair. So, Danny Glover tells tells uh, Danny to you know meet him back here at one, and they're going to like search the crime scene themselves. And he wants Bill Paxton to go and follow Gary Busey. You know, keep an eye on him. Uh, keep an eye on the girl. I think specifically here, that's the girl. He's following Gary Busey later. But it's like, hey, see where they take her. See what's going on. Uh, and. You know, it's all fine, simple stuff. But when we get to the the scene later on, uh, his partner Danny does decide to go in on his own. This is actually really confusing that his partner's named Danny, but we keep referring to Danny Glover as Danny Glover. Uh, when I say Danny, I don't on know the own, other actor's name. Yeah, when I say Danny, I mean the character Danny. And we say Danny Glover. <laughs> we mean Danny Glover. You say the full name. Yes. <laughs> um, but he, of course, does go in himself to go look for the evidence and the poor bastard I, I really like that he gets like grabbed like he gets like caught when he falls out of the air duct and then like sort of like picked up from upside down um mm-hmm. it's actually it's kind of interesting like, it feels like there is a scene cut where someone finds the body or like danny glover shows up and finds the body or something because it just cuts to him getting grilled for like maybe being responsible for his death because they were doing stuff they weren't supposed to it does feel like it kind of skips a beat almost of like the realization because it's not like his body's like left on the floor or something like that it's like it gets pulled back up into the into the the vent like because his necklace thing drops uh and that's Mm -hmm. the only thing that's left on the floor although notably the predator takes that because the predator uses that and that that tells you right now if you weren't getting this already that he's intentionally going after people around danny glover because he wants to taunt him he wants to like provoke his competitor his greatest challenge that he can find into action right so it's all good stuff uh i think but uh so from here it's like okay we'll work together when bill paxton gives him a little pep talk um and they try and formulate a plan and they do take the spearhead that was there they do the spearhead they get it analyzed and the woman's like oh this is like nothing on earth yeah. uh <laughs> it's very light and, and deadly and bill paxton drops a, a bottle of brains yes he does <laughs> after being grilled uh by the scientist lady not to touch things so that's another moment of comic relief for our favorite science fiction comic relief actor come on back <laughs> i'm back i'm back <laughs> i'm gonna have to go in a minute again because wesker he needs to like be left alone to come in and then i have to go back and shut the door again so i'll, I'll, I'll be wheeling out in a, a second uh doesn't the cat but, know you have a job oh he does but he's just a, he's a menace he, he does it to wind me up 
But we have to talk about Danny Glover going to see Big Willie. Ew. Not my favorite scene. <laughs> Why? Well, I just think it's a little problematic having oh, the okay, for that reason. Okay, Jamaican voodoo guy with chicken bones, like telling a fortune. Um, I, I think of all the all the problems or all the everything in the movie. I think Big Willie represents a big problem in it. But that is fair. I will say though, I love this scene because I mean, effectively, all Danny Glover's character gets out of this is that Big Willie like thinks it's a demon, right? Because it's something otherworldly. It's something that's more than a man. But once mm-hmm. he leaves, I love this scene because I love the predator's entrance into this alleyway where he lands in a puddle and we see the footsteps in the puddle. Yes. Like I love. Yeah, it's, this. it's great special effects. It's very, it's very threatening. It's very yeah. cool. It's a cool way to reveal him and after. After Danny Glover gets the confirmation that it's from other, uh, it's otherworldly, and it's, I guess, confirmation that it's evil <laughs> from the demonic voodoo guy. I mean, evil's subjective, I suppose, in this case. But yes, he thinks it's evil, certainly. Uh, yeah. But it's also the first time he, de- he decloaks. This is, you know, he turns, de- <laughs> he takes off his, uh, his camouflage. Yeah, and it's consistent because he's stepping in water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the first film, when he was, you know, the technology just doesn't work with water. And I also love the transition where, you know, he's getting ready to fight, you know, the, the Big Willie, and it just cuts to, like, the Predator holding his head, which he cut off when he was mid-scream, so his mouth is agape. Yeah, it's uh, a good shot. <laughs> it's a really nice transition. Like, all, all of this is great, and I, I think maybe right after this is the first time you maybe see him just, like, standing on, a, like, a gargoyle or something, just looking down the city and, like, <laughs> being happy. Yeah, this is not when he gets struck by lightning. That's later, but that's also a fun moment when he holds up his spear and gets struck by lightning and he's like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I'm ready to fight now. I'm empowered now. <laughs> I'm just well and I'm ready to up. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and, and of course, it's at this point where Leona's like, hey, first Danny and now Big Willie, who you just saw right before he get killed, like, this is starting to feel like it's revolving around you a little bit. Maybe you should uh, be careful. So, Bill Paxton goes to follow Gary Busey yeah, I think it's around here where Danny Glover goes to the, the graveyard, the cemetery, to uh, go visit Danny's grave, which is where we get the sad, you know, predator music. He leaves his badge there for him. Yep. Which is totally going to get taken. Yeah. Predator almost kills a child who's got a toy gun, but then, you know. <laughs> you want some candy? <laughs> but unlike, unlike, you know some people he actually takes a, a second to check that it's a real gun and decides <laughs> not to shoot the innocent boy uh with his big laser gun yeah so that, that, that was this, nice this is this movie was made at a time where cops were still considered heroes <laughs> uh so good stuff and obviously this is like he it taunts him he leaves danny's necklace dangling off the tree and danny glover like whips out his gun and like sort of looks around but doesn't see anything and it's like oh okay I like this. It feels more personal than the beef with Arnold in the first one. Oh yeah, totally. It feels more pointed and more like, no, no, I I had to pick someone out of millions of people and you're who I latched on to because I recognize... Yeah, I think Arnold was just the last man standing in that case. Yeah. I think Arnold could have easily been taken out and it, when any of the other ones. It's just lucky that for us that he was the last one standing because he was the one who figured things out. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely a luck involved. Um, no, I mean, in the context of the universe, obviously in out of context, it's because he's, he's the main character. <laughs> but yeah. 
yeah. So it's not yeah. This part of the movie kind of speeds by quite quick, and there's not, it's not really much now until we have the subway stuff, right? Where mm-hmm. we get Bill Paxton and we get Le- Leona on a on the subway. And there's kind of a again a bit of weird like social commentary of the time where this gang tries to pull out a, you know try tries to like rob this guy and the guy pulls out a gun and they pull out their guns and then like half the train is packing heat so they all pull out their guns and which it, it's kind of funny it's satirical because there was that famous story from the eighties I think it was where yeah someone on a train was getting robbed and they pulled out a gun and there was a big debate about was this like the the right way to handle the situation. Um, so this is kind of like a weird satirical play on that but in the context of Predator it's important because Predator if yeah. you're armed he will see you as fair you're game you're fair yeah so <laughs> like yeah important stuff uh, but yeah I, get- I think there was like a time uh, when the suburbs were created so like a lot of the middle class was moving out of the big cities so crime was sort of on the rise um that sort of went away like quickly after this movie came out though but that was like a really big fear in los angeles was that it was going to become like like 80s detroit because of everybody moving out oh yeah because even new york as i understand it like had a big crime problem in the 70s but modern new york's actually one of the safest cities in the country Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it changed quite considerably. But you think of, you think in New York in movies, you think seventies and eighties, like riddled with crime, yeah. toxic waste barrels, just st- on street corners. Yeah, I mean, that was just the big fear was because the middle class was moving out, was that the poverty was going to move in and without crime. Mm. But yeah, so they try and obviously intervene in this. Bill Paxton also, because this is actually one of the famous publicity shots to the movie, is them standing together with their guns out on the on the train. Um, Bill Paxton also has a ridiculous laser sight on his gun. I guess it's just that era. Well, it's the future. Everyone thought that looked cool. (laughs) Um, so, but the predator shows up. The predator, like, he's he's crawling. He's crawling on the. He's doing the well. I'm taller scene from Speed. He's like, he's like (laughs) crawling along the top of the subway car, and takes out the power and starts killing these gang members and killing the the public who are armed. And I think what I love about this because this really separates it from Predator is that there's a lot of innocent people to save. And that's kind of what Leona and Paxton kind of try to do, where she actually right. gets them all to move to different cars and pulls the emergency brakes thing and evacuates the train. There's a lot of like stuff going on here where even though Bill Paxton dies at the end of this scene and he's, he's obviously got a bit of that cocky Bill Paxton charm and he's got some one-liners as he's doing it, he ultimately is buying her time to save people. So there is actually a, a, a heroic twist to this that's not just... Oh, he's a cocky fool who thinks he's a badass. Who... Yeah, he thinks he can stand toe-to-toe with the Predator. Or... But he's not. He knows that he's, like, I don't know if he's outgunned, but he's outpowered by by whatever this thing is. Like, he's got technology. He doesn't even know what it is, really. And uh, But he still makes the choice to to at least buy time for the people to evacuate. And I guess that's maybe the going back to my one big complaint of the movie is that I wish we got more time with these characters as a team. I do kind of wish that this scene took place after they all became aware, at least kind of what it was they were fighting. Because these are mm-hmm. like Danny Glover's the only one who really finds out what they're fighting in any great yeah. way, shape, or form. Right? All these characters are dead before they know what it is. Yeah, Paxton's just unloading his weapon. Is like I don't understand why this isn't working, and just. It eventually is out of ammo and then that's the it that's it for him 
Yeah, uh, he does you know, get a knife and he's like, well, come on then. But then you just hear a scream and that's it. Yeah. But all this is happening while there's no lights and there's just like a flicker every so often. So it's, it's got this kind of nice... It looks cool. Yeah, it looks good. It's, it's a good looking scene. Uh, and what's interesting is that obviously Leona is armed, but mm-hmm. there's an extra little rule we find out here is that the Predator picks her up, is going to kill her, but chooses not to because she's pregnant. Uh, and so, okay, all right, that's another honorable kind of choice. Yeah. He still has this hunter's code that he yeah. lives by. Uh, and I, so, Daddy Glover shows up, and I think what I like about this movie is that from this point on, it doesn't really let up from a, a structure point of view. Danny Glover just like goes down there and tries to find the predator and finds the hole and actually gets a glimpse of him, like running around the camouflage and chases him out of the subway and sees him like jump up to a rooftop and he just runs to his car and starts trying to follow him from his car. He's like looking out the window and he's like looking up and seeing if he can see him jumping from roof to roof. And he doesn't, he's not successful. He eventually gets intervened by some of the Gary Busey's guys who run into mm-hmm. him and sort of hold him captive. Some goons. Because they don't want him getting in the way. Because they, cause there, there are hints earlier on because uh, Bill Paxton followed them to like, the, the meat district or the where all the warehouses and meat the packing. slaughterhouse. Yeah, yeah. slaughterhouse. Um, so that's where they end up. And basically they've been tracking its patterns and what it's been doing. And like he comes back here to feed every couple of nights. And it's like, okay, not surprising. He seems like a carnivore. Uh, it, re- really, it's a reason to call him a predator. Like that's because that's why Gary Busey calls him that. Yeah. Because because <laughs> you know because the guy goes like, well, I didn't think he was vegetarian. He's like, well, this predator, you know, like the, yeah. So yes, it it was during the filming of this section that he gave this wonderful interview. Because <laughs> he's got this silver jumpsuit on. Uh, which is yeah. uh, which is to block the heat signals because they've figured out that it can only see in heat vision. Although, as we discover, that's not entirely accurate. That's one mode that he has. Right. <laughs> he's yeah. got he's got a toggle. He can switch to some other ones. Um. Uh, light is the main one that he uses later, but uh, they've also got like a, a dust system to like make him visible, so they can see him with a camouflage, like. And I love this sort of stuff in sequels. I love when it's like, okay, they've got some idea of what they're fighting. What sort of things have they developed to give them a chance? Like, mm-hmm. what, what what tricks are they using, given the rules of what the character is? I really like that. And Totally. So, yeah, it's like, okay, Danny Glover, you're staying here. We're going to go after them. Almost Colonial Marine style. It's almost very aliens, the way that like, we're, we're in the, the, the van and we're watching the cameras and they're going in with their fancy suits. And they're hoping to take it alive. But... Uh, obviously that's not going to go very well because why would they it? want yeah they're trying to freeze it yes so which I can... guess it also plays into the rules that the predator only likes being in hot areas hot climates so yeah. maybe maybe being cold is a weakness for him yeah which is never really confirmed but it does stand to reason based on the fact that yeah the, lo- the locations he goes to and they even mention a couple other ones because when he's listing them he says okay yeah the jungle in LA but he also mentions um mm-hmm. Oh, what does he mention? He mentioned some other place that was a war zone, was, which was a real one. Where was it? Uh, did he mention Vietnam? I don't think it was Vietnam. No. Maybe he mentioned that there was, too. There was no Saigon or something? Yeah, maybe that's uh, the Saigon. I want to say he mentioned somewhere in the Middle East. I don't know. But like I, either way, like he mentioned a couple of other hot places and right. particularly places that had conflict of some kind uh, at some point. So it's like, okay, all right, that, that stands to reason. 
Mm-hmm. There's some logic And he here. confirms that, you know, Dutch was able to tell the story of of what happened in uh, Central America. And you can see uh, Anna on the TV screen. Like you can see, like, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a brief shot. They yeah, they like... said there's two, there's two survivors. <laughs> but it's new footage, though, because it's, like, her at, like, a table, like, being interrogated or, like, debriefed. So they actually did get, like, a new shot of her uh, doing oh, okay. something for, for this movie, which is... I didn't check to see if she was in the credits. I don't know if she is. I mean, she, I imagine she's quite far down. Oh, she's there. Yeah, she's 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 like fifteenth build. <laughs> okay. For her cool. one second. Cameo. Uh, that's good that they got the same one. Yeah. The same actress. Yeah, they I mean, just I, didn't put I, a wig on somebody. <laughs> I mean, I recognize her at least. You know, if you if you pay attention to the, the screens in the background, you can see her. So. Yeah. That's, that's a nice touch. Um, and again, this is just a fun set piece. Like you know, like. The set pieces so far, which is like the Predator attacking the Jamaican gang, uh, the Predator in the alleyway, the subway section, and now this set piece of them getting in their silver suits and like trying to like track it like aliens. Mm-hmm. And all the chaos that ensues of the sprinklers going off, the Predator having this other vision uh, that sees light instead, uh, him using more of these toys and like killing these guys one by one, Diane Glover saying, to hell with this, I'm going out there with my fancy gun. And he's, he's his trunk full of over-the-top weapons that... he plays by his own rules <laughs> <laughs> and he goes in and he ends up sort of saving people with his shotgun and gary Busey looks like he dies at one point but then comes back very briefly very briefly mm-hmm. only to be like sliced with the disc this is the other new weapon we get is this disc blade yes yes the slice cool on. i like this one i like this one too i also love that it, danny glover gets a hold of it after not too long and ends up like it being his weapon instead which is mm-hmm. a nice touch because he loses his gun but he has this i mean he's got to have something for to be able to be at the predator's level yeah because i mean the gun does nothing to predator although i like that when he does get shot and we constant we get like the, the green blood mm-hmm. from like just constantly on his chest and stuff from where he's been injured it's just a cool visual like it looks good it's a good looking movie yeah, I, I can only assume that Predator's flesh is thick enough that, yeah, you're breaking skin and getting blood, but you're not hitting vital organs. You're not penetrating, you know, far enough, I guess. Well, you you would think that the Predator would have some sort of uh, armor for that case, because he knows that people fire guns at him. He's not wearing any in that scene, though. Like, when, when he hits them with the Right, shotgun. so he would either have to, be, like, guns aren't really that much of a threat to him, or like it's a challenge to defeat them mm. without any armor or something else. Yeah, I mean, maybe just human guns aren't strong enough. I assume there's probably other predator weapons or maybe other civilizations that do have firepower that do pose yeah. more of a. I, like, because I imagine if you get like a really high caliber sniper rifle, maybe that would do do the job. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, and they don't have that with them because they're trying to take him alive. So there's there's reasons mm-hmm. to sort of you know make these. There's logic to kind of explain this, but um, Diag Glover does get some good shots and he gets him down and he goes up and unmasks him. Uh, we get the call back to the one ugly mother effer line. Uh, although the Predator takes over, which does, you know, was set up in the first film that he learns bits and pieces of dialogue and he learns <laughs> how to say things. Uh, What's up, Candy? Yeah, and he has the shit happens when he's about to, like, you know, set off the bomb. Yeah. Uh, which is very soon, actually, because, you know, Gary Busey, like, shows up, gets killed, gets sliced. They end up going up to the roof, and 
Danny Glover dives at him off the roof, and we, we get this great scene where they're sort of all, hanging off the edge of this this ledge, and the Predator tries to set off his bomb, but Danny Glover is able to, like, grab his disc blade that he's left on the wall and, like, just slices the bomb in half, and the Predator, who's dangling by that one arm, just falls uh, and then ends up grabbing... And this is the thing. During all the chaos with the Gary Busey team, his camouflage got destroyed, right? His camouflage doesn't work anymore. And what I like about this is that, yeah, Danny Glover taking on a Predator who's at full power is a bit unrealistic. But at mm-hmm. this point in the movie, he has no camouflage and he's only got one arm. Yes. So it's like, oh, he has a chance. Like he can. And eat- separating the arm from, from the Predator from the body seemed to stop the bomb also. Yeah, which is obviously... So he doesn't have... That's not a thing we have to worry about anymore. Yeah, but I like the idea that, yeah, obviously tracking him is really tough, right? And obviously Gary Busey's team are tracking like pheromones, like that's how they're following them with their tech, which, fair enough. But I like that this sort of like, the Predator is depowered enough that Danny Glover should be able to follow him continuously. And it is, it's one chase scene now till the end, basically, uh, where the Predator ends up like falling off like a drain pipe and he ends up swinging into like someone's bathroom, which... It's a really cool uh, stunt work, I thought. Yeah, it's a really fun sequence. What what what's surprised me about it though is that the predator streams because we actually get a really cool scene of the predator like getting some like tiles and stuff and like rubble and like forming mm-hmm. like a like a what do you call it to to cauterize his wound like he's got a stump <laughs> so yeah so he sort of like makes something with his te- with his like own stuff and then with some rubble and then like burns himself to like cauterize the wound. And that, like, wakes up the old woman who lives in this apartment. But I was like, didn't the crashing through the wall <laughs> into the apartment not... Was that not right, loud enough to yeah. like, cause a reaction? Totally. <laughs> and, like, uh, I like that she's, like, ready to face who, whatever this invader is with a broom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's oh, armed with a broom. You know what? In a movie that stars Bill Paxton and Gary Busey, it's impressive that this old woman has the best line in the entire film. What's that? So, just Predator, like, leaves and like runs through the door like and i say runs through the door he like basically makes a hole in the wall as he does so but danny glover like just uh, throughout all this danny goes slowly climbing down the drain pipe to try and get to him and he's afraid of heights yeah and he he just gets there and he's got his like the disc blade he's like he's made like a little holster for it which is nice and he comes in and the woman screams at him because he comes in right after the predator and he's like don't worry i'm a cop and she responds with I don't think he gives a shit. Oh yeah, that's right. That was funny. <laughs> Best line in the movie is this random old woman who's in the movie for like a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Great line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but it turns out the Predator's been hiding his ship in a very, very big sewer system. <laughs> big tunnel. A very big tunnel. <laughs> yep. But uh, we won't question it. Because uh, Diana Glover has to climb down the elevator shaft. I don't know why there's like loose dangling cables in this working elevator shaft because the elevator Are they separated starts moving down what do you mean i mean there's always there's always cables coming off of elevators and stuff are, are, are they like dangling but because the, they've been separated from something yeah they're loose like because cables in an elevator shaft are, are rigid right they're taut they're taut cables the ones going up i think but the ones down i don't think are but okay. i'm just going off movie logic Okay, maybe we get a point. It looked weird to me that I took this as oh, there's there's damage in here because the predators like tore shit up and he's way down. But then the then the elevator started moving down. I thought, oh, it's still functioning. Okay, uh, <laughs> but there's a hole. I mean, the, maybe they are both taut. Maybe they should be. Yeah, but there's a hole at the bottom of the shaft. Diaglover to not get squished by the elevator has to like just fall into it. But turns out 
he doesn't fall that far because the Predator's spaceship is just sitting here uh, in a giant tunnel under the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I buy the sewer systems, you know, fairly robust, but this is a pretty big ship. <laughs> right, yeah. It's a pretty big ship. Um, so he goes inside the ship. We get the cool tease where you see the alien skull mixed in with all the other skulls that are up It in is the... pretty cool. I mean, it does make... It, I think that's the first canon, because... I don't know, d- did the Alien vs. Predator game come out already? That wouldn't have been There's first. There's probably some comics. Th- that, yeah, the comics were first. Uh, but, yeah. uh, well, I don't know if the comics were before this movie. I'd have to double-check that. But the comics were before the game. The game did not start the Alien vs. Predator uh, mm-hmm. outside of this tease. Uh, that was definitely comics first. Uh, but so it just you know it's a fun tie-in and it is cool to see it it's it's an 80s i mean obviously it gives me a chill because i like remember the films that are coming Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know i remember well soon you'll have to know them quite well Mm. Mm. so yeah um so there's a fight there's a standoff predator takes on danny glover and he hits him with the net, but Danny Glover's got the blade, so he, he cuts himself out of it, um, and eventually is able to like, you know, get and get him in the chest. I mean, the ship does have a lot of fog. There's a nice big thick, which you know, it's an alien spaceship, whatever. I'll accept that. <laughs> I'll accept that this is what it looks like. Yes, I think it was it's their to... atmosphere that they need to breathe. <laughs> yeah, actually, which is a nice point. Uh, when Danny Glover's able to tackle him on the roof, it's because the predator's taken a minute to breathe he's got like an oxygen mask because his mask's not on anymore so he's like he's taking mm-hmm. a minute to like obviously he can breathe a bit in our atmosphere but he's taking some time to you know top up in right. his own juices uh so we have we have the the death of this predator dagger defeats some of the circle blade and we have this room full of predators who decamouflage around them and what I like about this is that this says that they're all on this ship. They were all hanging around down here, right? They were all just waiting for their their your younger... Maybe it's the younger predator doing his rite of passage. Like, you know, I think that's been suggested before that all the ones who come to Earth are all, like, teenagers or something. Um, hmm. You know, this, this is them, like, doing their, like... I don't know. Maybe that's something that's... Is that something that's brought up in the next film? It might be. It may be something that's brought up later, but like because I remember there's a lot more predator dynamics like between mm. themselves in that one. But because uh, obviously they don't have portals, it's not like they're teleporting in from elsewhere. They've been hanging around on the ship, all these predators, and obviously, they, and they leave at the end of the scene. And they, they presumably all go back to the cockpit or wherever they're going to take off, but. They, you know, obviously Danny Glover's like shitting himself because oh well that was a lot of effort to take out this predator and there was like yeah and suddenly I'm surrounded <laughs> but he uh, gets given a gift basically because because they, they obviously deal in trophies they believe in taking mm-hmm. trophies from victories and they give him a gun like an old gun from the from the 17, 1700s yeah which and he's, he looks at it and he's like huh and <laughs> the, the, the 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 old predator's just like take it. it. <laughs> I like that we get an elderly predator. Also, he's got like the gray dreads and stuff. Yeah, I, but this this makes sense to me in the lore is that they respect him. Like, no, you beat one of ours, so we respect you. Uh, right. Get out and somehow survive the massive exhaust that is about to happen in this tunnel. You know, yeah. this, this rocket liftoff <laughs> that's about to it's take place. It's just like the end of the first predator. I guess. Yeah. Uh, 
Danny Glover that gets behind a bit of rubble and that protects him. Uh, okay. I, I do I do love how he looks though. I love when he walks out of this tunnel at the end and he's covered in like, you know, ash and dust. Just like Arnold in a lot of ways. Yeah. To, and blood. Uh, but he looks so good. Like and not in like he a He looks defeated. Yeah. But like, yeah, well done. He with, looks with the makeup. Sh- shell shocked. He looks and because it's this white ash against his black skin, it has a really interesting contrast where he just looks like it, it looks like he's seen some shit, right? He looks like he's yeah. been through hell. So when Adam Baldwin runs up and he's like, dude, we were so close. Like, what the hell, man? Like, the way he just kind of stares at him, like, son, no. Okay, we're good. <laughs> he's like, no, we're not doing this. But he doesn't say anything. He just gives them this look. And it, it's so convincing. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. And that's that's basically the end of the movie. You know, the helicopter takes off. But like I say, the helicopter's not there to save him. The helicopter runs away. And Danny Glover's last line is, you'll get another chance. Like, you know, they'll be back. Pretty they'll ominous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because he just learned that you know, they've been around for not just recent history, but like as far back as the 1700s. Yeah, they've been coming here for, yeah, centuries. Probably since we started shooting each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would stand to reason. Maybe they, like, they, they scouted us out before then and went, no, they don't have any gunpowder yet. We'll come back. <laughs> yeah, it seems like this film is, is like, if watching it in today's lens, it, it seems like, oh, it's a, it's a warning for climate change because if we allow... The planet to warm up then that will allow for predators to come by so really a predator <laughs> wants um you know kind of like the blob or something but i think i, I really it's a warning against uh uh not having more gun control because <laughs> if the more guns we have the more likely we are to attract predators yeah i mean you could just kind of say, take it as a warning in excess of anything and mm-hmm. you know meddling with things you know it's almost like uh, an avengers when thor brings up the tesseract and he says you know you having this is you announcing to the universe that you're ready to like step onto that galactic stage and that higher form of war and it's yeah. like so yeah like before we were like easy to ignore or, or even they they are stood still right you know you, you guys have atomic weapons therefore you're concerned thought of that yes yeah <laughs> you know uh, and I'm not saying that this is up there <laughs> with a, a, a film like Day of the Earth stood still, but there is a little bit of that that in there in the sense that yeah, this us having these weapons attracted these beings, yeah. um, but uh, or yeah. just uh, you know the willingness to be so violent. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was the gang warfare that attracted the predator to this this part of the world. Like, I mean, it's not just having the guns. Like, I think the, if the predator shows up. And everyone has guns, but everyone's not using them. Then it may not see yeah, that as. I mean, all the yeah. other things that were listed, I can't remember what they were, but they were all like warfare. They're all yeah. war zones. And the first film, they were definitely using a lot of firepower in that first part of the movie. Like it wasn't like, yes, you know, all happy hunky dory days. Well, and that was partly <laughs> why I was so excited for the fourth one. When I found out it was going to be in the suburbs, I was like, oh, that's an interesting setting for Predator. Like, you know, how are they going to? do that right like plus why would he be attracted to the suburb yeah what's the context and mm-hmm. you know my assumption and it's kind of true in the movies it's not that he's attracted to the suburbs it's like he's there not by choice it's the kind of a different circumstance but that was what right. was interesting what is the circumstance what is the circumstance going to be for the predator being there so um but more than well, that we'll, we'll get, get to it, it. <laughs> yeah so yeah i have a lot of fun with predator too i like i think you summed something up really nice at the start which is that it adds a lot of little things to the lore of predator mm-hmm. without without like completely like just adding like a big stupid thing on or 
Like it just yeah. it just expands it a little bit. We're like, okay, they've been doing this for centuries. Um, they come frequently. There's other predators on the ship, kind of waiting for them, kind of thing. Um, it's just uh, more weapons, more ideas, like how the humans who because obviously Arnold and his team are caught by surprise and they have no idea what they're fighting in the in the first one. And this one, the idea that there is like a almost like an X Files or you know government body that are tracking the possibility of a predator have gained enough information that they do have some ideas. They do have some tech that they can use to try and track them or mm-hmm. fight them, you know, heat-proof suits, things like that, you know. So, yeah, inter- interesting little things to add. Right. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe like like with the Daily Earth, it's still just having so much uh, so much violence, this, this not-too-distant future where, like, even regular folks in Los Angeles taking the train all have guns on them is like we are welcoming more guns and violence into our life by 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 saying like we're all going to carry guns therefore uh, we are all fair game to to the types of uh, people like or predator <laughs> represents like uh well we're we're allowing crime to happen but because we are more violent violence begets violence i i'd also compare mm-hmm. it a little bit to uh, like something like better call saul which uh i know this is a weird comparison i haven't seen it but yeah but there's this idea that um to, to people who are like in some of the the organized crime world that mm-hmm. you know like there's a difference between shooting like a rival gang member or someone you've got a dispute with versus someone who's in the public and they refer to it as being in the game and the idea mm-hmm. that if you put yourself in the game you kind of become fair play as far as like right. being part of that world but the and that that's something that's brought up a couple of times in that show and it's almost kind of like this where you're by you know in terms of predator's eyes by carrying firepower you're making yourself fair play by in his eyes to being in the game so right i mean there's i mean this was uh you know a while ago but i remember a lot of schools Post Columbine, like we're starting to have more metal detectors and stuff, and parents were just so opposed to it because they're like, "We don't want our kid to go to a school that has to have metal detectors," and it's like, "Well, because if you do that, then people, it's going to like draw in, like the the types of kids that want to carry guns or something like that." Like they, it's just, I guess it's a bit more of a like a naive situation of, well, I mean, if so long as we allow guns, like to to be carried then or allow people to have like uh semi-automatic <laughs> weapons in their homes then there is a higher chance of that happening but i don't know i it's i guess it's a more of a like what kind of a world do you want to live in message i mean i'm not convinced the movie really has much of a message i think it's very easy to take the rules of predator and spin it into this message i don't know if it's mm-hmm. actually trying to make a statement necessarily Come on, this movie's deep. <laughs> All right, let's rate it. All right, what are you rating Predator 2? You know, I because it's got such a negative score, I really want to go high with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's probably like a 7.5. But I'm going to give it an 8, just to say, you know, screw you guys. This movie's really fun. <laughs> Sc- screw you, general consensus. I'm not having yes. it. Yes. Yeah, I like an eight is actually too high because when you actually think Probably. about you know what I rate an eight and what the quality is, but I kind of I, I kind of get you like I kind of want to like <laughs> rebel and say eight out of ten just because of that. 
Screw it. Give it an eight. Awesome. <laughs> Predator. Watch the movie, guys. <laughs> Which I admit is kind of, but honestly, as far as B movies go, it's up there for me. It's, up, it's pretty good. It's yeah, high, it's a great. So. I think it's a pretty great sequel. So, all right, uh, there you go, Predator Two, uh, which leaves us with Predators and the Predator, and possibly mm -hmm. the AVP movies. Although I don't know if we decide to do them with the Predator movies or wait until we've done the Alien movies, which we're doing slowly, uh, year yeah, to year. I mean, we can we can wait. We'll see. We'll I don't see. know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what 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 tickles our fancy when we get to. I don't. I don't think we need to wait for Alien because that is going to take a while. But, I mean, I'm not looking forward to watching them. <laughs> so maybe yeah, we the, 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 it's a double-sided. It's a catch-22 in, in many right. ways. Uh, well, what are we doing next week? I don't remember. Why did you... <laughs> we... <laughs> See you. Uh, you need to post for the thumbnail first, anyway. Stop breaking the format. <laughs> uh, it's a vote winner next week. It's a vote winner. Oh, well, in that case, it's the live. The live is next week. What? Good job, guys. That's what you voted for. Uh, uh, honestly, they live won by the biggest landslide slide we've ever had uh, in the wow. vote. Only one person did not vote for they live. So, commiserations to you, but everyone else wanted they live. So, <laughs> they live, they get. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Yes, yeah, so you're going to pause for thumbnails. So, uh, here we go. Three, two, one, pause. What? I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, if I had like uh, a yellow suit jacket that like Paxton wears in this, I'd totally put that on. And he has a hat at one point. He has like a sort of fisherman fish hat, fishing hat. If you if you can put like the wolf mask that the one predator was wearing like over my face, that would be awesome. I'm not doing that. <laughs> it was a cool wolf mask. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of effort, but <laughs> all right. But yes, uh, there you go. Uh, that that pretty much uh, does the things. Um, I know Tara actually has to leave soon, so I'm going to forgo looking at the funny IMDb review section, even though I do think there may be some gold for this one. But uh, I'll make it up you next can make time. Make it a bonus bit for next time. I'll I'll, I'll make it up to you in future episodes. Uh, what I will say is uh, thank you to our Patreon producers. So if I look at my list here, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Borden Now, Al Traisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. They are Patreon producers for the month, um, which is the higher tiers. But you can support us for just $1, can it, Tara? That's right, Peter. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash MildFest TV. And if you donate, it's us one dollar. God, I hate you. If you donate, it's us one dollar. It's pretty much. You, you do this like ad voice, but only for the first line and then just go into like, your regular voice after. You immediately after. start laughing at me. <laughs> That's right, Pierre. If you donate, it's us one dollar per month. You will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace so you can find all your favorite B movies that don't have the quality of Predator 2. And if you donate $5 per month, you'll be able to vote on what we watch once a month, and you'll have access to these reviews one day early. Thank you. Yeah, prior to it rocks. Uh, you can also support us for completely free by simply hitting the like button, subscribing, commenting, all those things on YouTube help out a lot. 
if you listen to the audio version and many of you do then uh give us a five star review on itunes or podcast addict or wherever you get your podcast from uh any and all places uh good good word of mouth it helps uh, you can also get us on Twitter at Streams Midnight, which is now the home of all male fuzz movies uh, podcast Twitter. So that's this show that screams after midnight, obviously Sacred Hockey Mask. Um, so go and get us on Twitter and share us, share us with your friends. We're watching. Please, we need some friends. Yes, but that is us. That is uh, Predator Two, uh, which is highly underrated. Agreed, criminally. Uh, underappreciated so thank you very much for joining us we always appreciate it keep watching science fiction and computer at salsa <laughs>